Hello and welcome to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. I'm Larry Van Mersbergen, your host, and I've been a Doctor Who collector since the early 1980s, and I started a small shop in Chicago called Bundles from Britain. And I just wanted to say, I just found out that if you've ever read the book Red, White, and Who, which I highly recommend, it's written by some good friends of mine, um, they mention Bundles from Britain on page 384. And I was very pleased because it was a long time ago. And one day I will talk about the story a little bit more. Um, but I was a player in the Doctor Who retail world uh, in the 80s, mostly to um, keep my uh, collecting habit in you know, <laughs> going strong like we all do. So <clears throat> anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, we, we've covered a few things in the first two episodes. Um, I just want to go forward. Um, the, uh, I was very helpful by someone who wrote to me that the Why, Am I, Why I Am a Scarecrow, sung by John Pertwee, is on YouTube. I couldn't find it, but I was given the link. So uh, please enjoy that recording either here or on YouTube. John Pertwee was an amazing actor. Uh, I was proud to have met him back in 1985 so uh thank you so much for that anyway we are now officially on itunes so thank you for subscribing uh we're trying to get also onto spotify and the other outlets for podcasts um just a quick uh plug this is a free plug please if you're listening to this podcast you would also enjoy the target book club podcast also on itunes um my friend tony witt and his panel discussed the Doctor Who Target series in story order, and they just finished the Patrick Troughton era. Uh, I am scheduled to be a guest uh, on the Day of the Daleks, but I might be added to a few more, so I'll keep you posted. Anyway, speaking of Target releases in books, today I thought I'd talk about the story that got Doctor Who its fame. Now, in the first episode, I talked about the Dalek book. So the Daleks were the catalyst that propelled Doctor Who into a big success. Uh, and so the first story, which was simply Doctor Who and the Daleks as a collective, but the Dead Planet uh, on TV, um, had several versions that were novelized. And so I want to talk about all the possible books that you can uh, own as a collector for Doctor Who and the Daleks. Now, I am going to leave out the Peter Cushing movie. I will address that in a different episode. There are lots of Peter Cushing collectibles. I have a few myself that are really, really cool. So I'll talk mostly about this. Um, of course, my, my own disclaimer is that anything that I say is of a value. It's because I found a price for it online. Somebody may be charging a higher or lower price depending on the condition of the item and its collectability. Um, and of course, uh, my number one source for Doctor Who merchandise in the Chicago suburbs is Alien Entertainment in Lombard. Uh, be sure to visit them. And of course, in uh, November, be sure to say hello to me at Chicago TARDIS, the largest and best Doctor Who convention in the Midwest. That's held at the Westin in Lombard, Illinois, every Thanksgiving weekend. Anyway, Doctor Who and the Daleks um, was novelized by David Whittaker. And since that was the first story, uh, they do introduce uh, the Doctor in the beginning of the book by referring back to, you know, how the teacher stumbled into the TARDIS. Kind of a, a synopsis of the unearthly child. Pardon the noise. I'm opening the 
uh, one of the books from my protective bag. And I was going to just read a little bit here from the opening prologue here. Um, and basically, it, it just kind of starts off here with doing the first chapter kind of goes through the whole thing about, you know, the doctor meeting his companions, Ian and Barbara, and, and, and all that. And it's kind of just to get you going. So it's a great it's a great novelization. David Whitaker is one of the better authors. And uh, I do recommend you can go back to the uh, Target Club Book podcast and you can hear a complete rundown on that. Um, they did that a while back. Anyway, the first book to be published was in November of 1964 by the Frederick Muller Publishing Company, Doctor Who, in an exciting adventure with the Daleks. It featured a pink dusk jacket uh, on a hardcover book. On the front cover is a, is a drawing of William Hartnell, um, presumably in the Dalek cell. Uh, it says, by David Whitaker, based on the BBC television serial by Terry Nation. Um, the book with the pink cover uh, is a is kind of a collectible uh, book. It's the first Doctor Who novelization uh, of a television story. And you can find, uh, by the way, they did reprint that pink book, and I'll talk about that a little later. So if you can find a copy that has an intact dust jacket that is not a library copy, that is fairly tight in the binding, you can expect to pay $500 or more, depending on the, seal, on the seller. If you're willing to accept something slightly less, uh, there is a copy um, on Amazon UK for uh, roughly 143 pounds, which translates to almost $190 in cash. Um, it doesn't talk about the condition, though. So you may want to always uh, my, my big point of collecting, talk with the seller. Make sure you understand what you're buying. You know, let the buyer beware is a very important thing to remember. You may be getting something that is in great shape or something that isn't. I've made some incredible finds. I've also gotten some things that were I was less than happy with. But that's just the nature of the beast. Um, anyway, that was the first edition hardback. And uh, on the cover, a thick fog and a girl in distress are just the things that Ian Chesterton needs to escape from a life of dull routine. He has no idea that it is a prelude to an adventure quite beyond any normal conception of the, of the word. And, uh, of course, they, uh, they go through that. Um, and, of course, uh, it, it was very successful that exactly one month later, December of 64, the second edition came out. Um, the second edition was basically printed now with a gray dust jacket. It is still a very collectible book. I, I actually own a copy of the uh, gray cover, the second edition, by Muller. It's in really good condition. Uh, the paper is a little yellow, but there's no marks inside, and the dust jacket is complete. Um, it's the same book, just in uh, just a gray. So that's how you can tell the first edition from the second edition of these original books. Um, also, make sure you know that the date inside the book is 1964, because there are reprints out there. Just so you're aware that you're not, you know, don't pay a lot of money for what is essentially a new book that was just published. So that was that. Now, by the way, this predates target by almost 10 years so these books came out right after the story aired or very close to that time um, so that was that now there was also to follow up on the hardcover successes there was a paperback uh, the paperback edition doctor who and an exciting venture in the daleks uh, by david whitaker uh, published by armada paperbacks for boys and girls 
It is a, um, a standard size paperback. The original price on it is two and six. I don't quite get British currency prior to the decimal. Maybe some of you can help me with that. Uh, the back cover says the story from the beginning. Here is the exciting adventure of Doctor Who, Susan, Barbara, and Ian from the moment they meet one foggy autumn night in a lonely common beside a police box. Ah, but what a curious police box. To the time they encounter the weird Daleks. It is a thrilling story, and we know this book will be one of the most pulp, uh, popular published in the Armada series. Can you wait any longer? Start reading Doctor Who. And of course, the back cover depicts, looks like Ian and a Thal chasing one of the monsters out of the bog. Um, and just opening the book up, it's the uh, text of the book is copyright by David Whitaker and Terry Nation in 64, with Doctor Who series being copyrighted in 1963. Um, it says here also, first published in the UK, 1964 by Frederick Muller. We just talked about that. This edition was published in 1965. It actually came out in October of 65. It does not have an ISBN number. Um, the cover and text illustrations are by Peter Archer. So there are illustrations inside the book. Um, and I apologize that I have a cat knocking on the door. <laughs> but uh, we'll go forward. Uh, so this book, you can find copies of this book. I have, I have three copies in my collection that are in very close to mint condition. Um, you can pay anywhere from $20 on up. Uh, for this type of book, uh, just to make sure that the pages are intact and the cover is intact. And this this copy is really good. The cover looks really good. So I was really pleased to have a, a copy of that. Um, but you can find it. It's by Armada, Doctor Who, and the Exciting Adventure with the Daleks. If you're not up on the pay, on the, if you want to pay that much for the hardcover, you can certainly get that, that paperback. And that's Armada in 1965. Uh, the next edition um, to be had... Uh, was the first, um, basically the first edition of Doctor Who and De Daleks, which is from the Netherlands in December of 1974. And, um, oh, excuse me, I, I should learn to turn my pages correctly. Let me go back here a little bit. Uh, the next edition is from the, yeah, I'm sorry, from the Netherlands. Uh, it came out in January of 1966. It was Doctor Who and De Daleks. And this is the, by the way, the only foreign language Doctor Who book published in the 60s. And it also uses a different translation than the later edition of the Dutch paperback. So um, this is an interesting book. I have not been able to find any copies to, to get a value, which means if you find one, grab it. If you're in a bookstore, if you're listening in the UK and, or in the Netherlands or in Europe and you find this book, it's got a picture of William Hartnell and several Daleks behind it uh, with David Whittaker at the top and Doctor Who in De Daleks. And that was in January of 1966. Um, the next one, actually, and many people didn't know this. Did you know that this book was published in the United States? Yes, in 1967. Doctor Who and an Exciting Adventure in the Daleks on the Avon publishing label uh, came out in the United States in July of 1967. There is no ISBN number um, on the cover. It's actually kind of one of the, the funniest covers. It shows like two people like cringing from three toy Daleks on the cover um, with some fireworks being displayed. It's really quite funny. Um, it cost 50 cents back in the day. It's uh, also got a recycle symbol on the front, which must be pretty new. 
But one man stands against the mutant minds and bodies of an incredible space monster, Doctor Who, and an exciting adventure with the Daleks by David Whittaker. Uh, the back cover, the Daleks have arrived. Uh, free, free, he thought when he woke up in a strange machine that had whisked him away through time and space. And uh, to sleep on Earth and awake in an interplanetary horror. Um, I'm opening up the, uh, the protective bag. By the way, I use paperback bags from Bags Unlimited Incorporated. You can find them at bagsunlimited.com. They are not a sponsor. That's a free plug. Anyway, uh, you can find this book anywhere from $10 on up, depending on condition. The Basically, this is the introduction of Doctor Who in the United States. That's very exciting because everybody thought it came with the Pertwee package in 1975, but it actually happened in 67 in July. Um, the opening page says, Who is Doctor Who? Which is the theme song, by the way, sung by uh, the great Fraser Hines, who played Jamie in the series. Um, he is known only as the Doctor, but he only he possessed the power of the Daleks. On the planet Scaro, their craft sets them down in a world all but destroyed by atomic war. Two races survive, the peace-loving Thals and the hideous Daleks, their slimy bodies encased in giant machines. The Doctor and his party must work with the Thals if they're ever to see Earth or peace again. So it's either seeing Earth or have peace, so I wasn't sure how that was worded. But based on the BBC television serial um, by David Whittaker. So the Avon edition is the first American publication of any form of Doctor Who and an exciting adventure with the Daleks. So this is the first United States publication of Doctor Who. Um, Avon Publishing. The front cover is by Paul Weller. And as I, as I thumb through the book, there are no illustrations in the book. So that's the American version. I will have pictures of this on the Facebook page and on our website at DoctorWhoCollectors.com. Uh, the next one, of course, is in May of 1973. We have the Target publishing of Doctor Who and the Daleks by David Whitaker. It's the same novelization that we've been talking about, but this is the, the Target book, and it is not the first Target book. I believe it is the third. Um, and I can be more specific with that. And yes, I believe it is the third one. It came out in 73. And this book, of course, has the uh, the block Doctor Who logo at the top of the at the top of the book. Has a picture, a color picture of William Hartnell, a couple Daleks, and the TARDIS, and the Target logo in the corner. And the back cover says, "This is Doctor Who's first exciting adventure with the Daleks." Ian Chesterton and Barbara Wright travel with the mysterious Doctor Who and his granddaughter Susan to the planet of Scaro in their time space machine, the Daleks, and it's a Target adventure. Um, the price on it was 60p in the UK, uh, published by Wyndham, of course, who owned it. Um, and of course, the Target books all began, these early ones began with the same um, front page where it says the changing face of Doctor Who. The cover illustrations contained within portray the first Doctor, whose physical appearance was later transformed when his body, body worn out. And it has a list of the books in the Target series at that time. Um, this book was illustrated by Arnold Schwartzman, so the illustrations are slightly different. Um, the cover, I believe, is by Chris Achilleos, uh, who's, a, who's a good friend of the podcast and a good friend of mine. He's a very nice man, uh, very talented. Um, the illustrations are a of a different kind. In fact, it's, it's interesting that the, um, one of the illustrations on page 20 is almost identical 
to the image on the front cover of the first edition Muller book. So there's a lot of duplication there. Anyway, you can find this book almost anywhere. I have a, my copy's not in great shape. I need to find a better copy. It's got a crease on the front cover. But um, the Target edition, of course, has been published a few times. Um, this is the first edition of the Target book. And you can find that anywhere from a couple of dollars on up, uh, depending on the condition of the book. So you'll have to keep looking for that. Um, the next one that came out is in October of 74, which is the uh, the second, the third, actually it says the third edition of the paperback, or the third paperback, second edition of the Target book, uh, which is basically the same as the other one. Uh, and then uh, after that, in December of 1974, we mentioned before that the Dutch had one. This is the second printing of the Doctor Who and Day Daleks, which features the cover similar. Uh, actually, it's the same cover as the Target, except it's reversed. So it's the Chris Achilleos um, cover that's actually reversed with Doctor Who on the call. On the, and it uses a different translation. Um, one of eight, by the way, only eight uh, paperbacks were done in, in the Dutch. The others were Auton Invasion, Cave Monsters, The Crusaders, The Demons, The Day of the Daleks, The Doomsday Weapon, and The Zarbi. So if you're, if you're up on your Dutch or you want to collect the Dutch books, there are only eight. So shouldn't be too hard to find. I have not been able to find any of them. <laughs> so if you do, let me know. I'd be happy to help. And then uh, in April of 1975, we have Dr. Kim V. I my, my Turkish is really bad. Um, and uh, it was published by uh, Remzi Kitabevi. And uh, that was the first one of six Turkish novelizations. And these were all done in 1975, by the way, including The Abominable Snowman, The Cybermen, The Auton Invasion, Doomsday Weapon, and Day of the Daleks. Um, so there's that. If you're, not, if you're interested in the foreign editions, there's a lot to be had there. Um, and next, uh, by the way, this is what's interesting, too, is that the next edition is a hardback, but not a target. W.H. Allen did not issue Doctor Who and the Daleks in a dust jacket hardcover. But the publisher White Lion did in June of 75. Uh, actually, it's interesting because in this instance, it does feature Tom Baker on the cover. He was the current doctor at the time. Um, yeah, and uh, White Lion reprinted three original Doctor Who novels, this one being the Zarbi and the Crusaders, all featuring Tom Baker on the cover. So I think this was, you know, for their marketing. They, they, no one knew, um, you know, what was going on there. This was in the UK, so it was kind of strange. Uh, there was no other information to be had. Um, the, uh, there are similar, there are other, um, there were reprints of the White Lion series, so make sure you get a first edition if that's what you're, what you're seeking. Um, the next edition is in January of 1977, the fourth paperback, or the third printing of the Target book, which has the, uh, the Tom Baker-style logo and the same cover as the previous Target book. Um, it's the same content as the UK edition. Those you can find anywhere from 50 cents on up, depending on where you are. Um, at Doctor Who convention last year, there were eight copies at the Alien Entertainment booth, and they were like $3 each. So very easy to find. Uh, the next edition came out in March of 1980, um, which is the Japanese version. And I'm not going to even attempt the Japanese pub, uh, pronunciation. Uh, it's, uh, but unfortunately, the, the title of the book translates uh, not to Doctor Who and the Daleks, but to the Big Bloody Space-Time Battle. 
And there were five Japanese novelizations, by the way, all of them published in 1980. And that included The Autumn Invasion, The Cave Monsters, The Doomsday Weapon, and Day of the Daleks. So if you're interested in collecting all of the uh, five Japanese books, that probably is doable, although I have not found a copy. So good luck. Uh, the next one was uh, in January of 1983. That's in Portugal. And my Portuguese is about as good as my Japanese, so I'm going to skip the title. Uh, there were 10 Portuguese novelizations all in 1983, uh, including The Autumn Invasion, The Cave Monsters, The Demons, The Doomsday Weapon, The Sea Devils, The Day of the Daleks, The Crusaders, The Abominable Snowmen, and The Zarbi. I think you, you hear kind of a, a pattern with um, what publishers were looking at when they, when they printed these books in other languages. Um, the next edition was French. We can't leave out the French. This is an interesting one, too. Editions a Grand, which uh, was Garanciere in January of 87. Um, Doctor Who, Les Daleks. Uh, they did eight French books, all in 1987. Uh, Unearthly Child, The Dalek Invasion of Earth, The Crusaders, The Mask of Mandragora, The Brain of Morbius, The Abominable Snowman, and Megalos. It's kind of an interesting collection there. But the cover uh, artwork features Peter Cushing as the doctor with some Daleks and two random people at the top. Um, apparently, there is a copy that is available on Amazon France for roughly uh, 8 and 24 euros. So possible. It is possible to get a hold of that one. <laughs> the next one uh, is German. So Germany did Doctor Who und die Invasion of der Daleks. Pardon my German. If any of German listeners, I did not mean any offense. Uh, July of 1989 by the Goldman Publishing Company. Uh, the German title translates to Invasion of the Daleks, but it was confused with the Dalek Invasion of Earth. So um, that was actually titled Conspiracy of the Daleks in German. So the translations weren't, I, I don't know how good the translation is. I'll have to ask somebody in German to read it. But also featuring Tom Baker on the cover. Uh, the same publishers. It, it's basically the same cover that was that Target used for Destiny of the Daleks. So kind of a, a strange um, thing there. Um, they almost like took William Hartnell out of the picture in the foreign publications. Um, but that's an interesting thing. Uh, the next edition, of course, is in the UK in 1992. So there's, we're coming forward here. Uh, the next paperback edition by Target. It features the Sylvester McCoy logo and a picture of Ian with William Hartnell and the Dalek. Uh, it's the same as the previous Target uh, publications. Those books are very easily had. I'm looking at Amazon UK with £4.99. In the United States, $3 or less, uh, down to $0.98. Cents. So those can be had. Uh, the next one is the UK. They did the sixth edition, which is the um, more modern Doctor Who logo, uh, more more like the Paul McGann logo, I think, is close to that. And that's also uh, the next edition, July 2011. They reprinted that book. Um, this was by Random House, BBC Books. So they did a bunch of those as well. Uh, and you can get that, by the way, anywhere from a penny on up. So we're getting to, to, the, to the last of the reprints here. Um, the last reprint is the fourth hardback, which is a reprint of the very first hardback. The pink jacketed um, Doctor Who and an Exciting Adventure of the Daleks, an exact reprint of the Muller edition, except it's brand new and published in 2016 of November. I remember when this came out. And you can get these brand new in the United States for about $7.
Um, you know, so you can start with those if you want to work your way backwards. So that covers all the books. Um, there were, of course, uh, audio books done. And it's interesting, there were two. The first one was uh, an MP3 CD containing a reading of the novelization Doctor Who and the Daleks by William Russell, uh, who plays Ian Chesterton. I believe he's 93 or 94 years old. I did not do that research prior to this, but uh, I'm close. I know he's still doing Doctor Who conventions, so I hope I'm still good to go at that age. Um, and this is uh, the MP3 CD, which you can get from about $20. Um, but the original uh, standard CD was included only in a box set called Travels in Time and Space, uh, which had three complete and unabridged readings of the first Doctor Who novelizations. Um, it uh, read by William Russell with music and sound effects. Um, also, uh, I, I'm trying to think what else is on this here. It doesn't doesn't say. Uh, oh, okay. It says here, it relates to the Doctor's thrilling adventure with the Daleks, his encounter with Richard the Lionheart, and terror on the rope planet Vortis. Uh, really, Russell talks about each of the novels and his memories of playing Ian, the first Doctor, in the extra uh, part of that CD. Each sleeve includes background information and original jackets. Um, running time, 17 hours. Uh, it's a limited numbered edition. Um, it's unfortunately i have this pet peeve as collectibles it says you're highly collectible once you put the word collector's item or highly collectible on a product it's no longer collectible because they think people are going to run to it it's it's the it's the mystery of of owning something that all of a sudden becomes rare is what makes it exciting and i, I I'll, I'll think to my comic book days when um when the new spider-man issue 252 came out and he was in a black costume I said, well, that's cool. So I bought 10 copies. Well, I'm glad I did. They went up in value. Um, but then, you know, nobody knew it ahead of time. But if you put collector's item, new costume on there, you know, no, not really interested. So the tin box, uh, by the way, you can find them new for about $170 or used for $72. Um, and then these are on Amazon. I'm sure eBay might have a few of those as well. Uh, but it's a, it's, also pretty cool. So that's that covers a lot of Doctor Who and the Daleks, um, the original story with David Whitaker from 1964 all the way up. And by the way, the MP3 CD was done in 2005 uh, along with the, uh, the tin box set, which was done in the same year. So up to 2016 with the last printing. So it's, it's still a popular story. It's one of my favorite stories in the Hartnell era, and it got millions of people to watch Doctor Who. Um, the uh, original producer and the original uh, uh, creator of the series, Sidney Newman, he, uh, he had forbade the use of bug-eyed monsters, but he relented when the Daleks gave them a big share. Anyhow, thank you for listening. That's Doctor Who and the Daleks. If you have any uh, you know, pictures you want to share of, the, of your collectible books uh, of this series, you can share them on our Facebook page at Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. On Facebook, you can find us there. Um, also on our website at uh, DoctorWhoCollectors.com, or you can shoot me an email at DoctorWhoCollectorsPodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're going to go out today with another rare Dalek record. It's by Century 21. And it's, uh, it's an adventure with the Daleks. It's actually a scene the la from the last episode of The Chase. So um, I want you to enjoy that as we go out. And thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and anywhere podcasts are found. Thank you and keep the TARDIS traveling.
tale I have to unfold is like a dream, a fantastic nightmare. As you sit in your comfortable, familiar surroundings listening to my story, you may feel it could never have happened. But to Doctor Who and his friends, it was very real. For two years, they had been ranging through time and space in their craft, the TARDIS. Relentlessly, they were being chased by the Daleks, a humanoid race from the planet Skaro, evil creatures intent on pursuit and destruction. In their own spacecraft, they had chased Doctor Who, Ian Chesterton, and the girls Vicky and Barbara onto yet another new and strange planet. All around them was a seemingly endless jungle where strange carnivorous plants reached out greedily at them. In desperation, they fled into a cave, hoping to find some kind of refuge. But the dark interior soon crushed their optimism. Solid black rock faced them in every direction. In their panic, they had rushed into a trap. Then, to their astonishment, the far wall of the cave slid open, revealing a room where a robot stood and addressed them. Doctor Who and his party could do nothing but obey. The Daleks were too close behind for argument. Although the robot would say no more, it was enough that they had been saved for the moment. We're going up. Yeah, it's a lift. You've got us out of a nasty situation there. I suppose you'd like to know who we are and why we are here, hmm? You're not getting through to him, Doctor. You're not getting through. Doctor, ask him where he's taking us. Hmm. He's taking us up to the city, obviously. Whilst they continued their journey in the lift, the Daleks reached the cave and were thronging round it in anger and frustration. Playing their seismic detectors round the cave walls, they found traces of the Earth people who had eluded them. They have escaped. Not possible. Perceptor readings indicated they were here. Subject walls to seismic detector tests. We obey. It is required that we penetrate this wall. Meanwhile, the strange robot was conducting Doctor Who and his party higher and higher. The elevator seemed to climb for an eternity. Finally, it slowed to a halt, and the Earth people wondered what scene would meet their eyes when the elevator doors were opened. Look at it! It is fantastic! It was indeed a sight to take their breath away. The elevator had taken them to a vast city that towered on massive stilts above the jungle. From the elevator, Doctor Who and the others were transported by conveyor belt through this strange, unearthly place. Although their eyes searched high and low, they could not see a trace of human existence. Instead, they saw a completely mechanized civilization, controlled only by robots, like the one escorting them. At last, they came to a halt at the door of a huge building in the center of the city. As the door slid open, the robot again addressed them and indicated the room beyond. Enter, enter, zero, stop. What's he mean? 
It means uh, enter, enter, zero, stop. Yes, well, I don't like it. Why not? It's clean, it's comfortable, the robots seem quite friendly. Yes, yes, robots. But haven't you noticed something very singular about this place? Like what? We've only seen robots. No animal life, human or otherwise. That's mm. very true, Doctor. As if in answer to their words, into the room stepped the first human being they had seen for ages. A well-built young man wearing a spacesuit. He paused regarding them in equal amazement. It was a moment or two before any of them could find their tongues. You real? Who are you? You are real. From Earth? Yes. It couldn't have happened. I worked out the odds 2001 again. Look, I'm Stephen Taylor, Flight Red 50. Well, we've learned something. <laughs> His name? I'm Barbara. <laughs> I'm Vicky. Ian Chesterton. This is the doctor. Well, I'm glad to know you, Stephen Taylor. This is great, huh? I mean, it, it's ridiculous. I'm lost for words. How long have you been here? Hmm? As far as I can make out, about two years. Two years? Alone? Well, yes. Apart from those fungus things. You mean there's no other human beings here on this planet? No, nothing except the mechanoids. Where do they come from? Do you know? You don't know? But this is mechanus. About 50 years ago, Earth decided to colonize this planet. Well, it landed a rocket full of robots programmed to clear landing sites, get everything ready for the first immigrants. And they didn't arrive? No. The Earth got involved in interplanetary wars. I suppose this place was forgotten. 50 years ago? But surely these robots would be worn out by now. They'd have run down. No, 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 no. They're programmed to do their own repairs. But if you're waiting for people from Earth, well, why not us? Yes, we could be the immigrants. You've got to know their code. I've been spending two years trying to break it. Two years. Crashed, you see. Out there in the jungle, I wandered around for days trying to avoid those fungus things. Of course, then the mechanoids captured me. Captured? Do you mean you're a prisoner? But do you think I'd stay here otherwise? I'm just like you. We're all prisoners. <laughs> Stephen Taylor was right. They were indeed in the power of the Mechons. And from time to time, shuttered windows would slide back to reveal their captors staring in at them, as if they were some kind of specimens in a zoo. Meanwhile, the Daleks were working frantically to break through the rock wall which had closed between them and the elevator. Into the cave, they brought their powerful electrode unit that was to activate the elevator machinery and bring the conveyor down again to their own level. Damage. The orders of the Daleks Supreme will be 
Americans will be destroyed. The Americans will not be permitted to stand in our way. We attack! We attack! 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 And so, with the Daleks making their way up the elevator shaft towards the city, the Earth people sought a method of escape from their prison. Stephen drew their attention to a kind of ladder that led up to the ceiling of the room. I built this. Did you? All my own work. Where did it lead? Up to the roof. The roof? Oh, why don't we get out that way? Well, don't think I haven't thought about it myself, but that roof's 50 feet above ground level. 